What's up, everybody? I'm Bob Walters. This is the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up for what is usually a rather dead weekend. We had a pretty busy weekend, a lot going on. Big trade in the NBA involving the Nets, the Mets, hire back an old friend, the NHL All-Star Game, the Pro Bowl. We'll get to it all. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is Monday, right around noon on Monday, and we start today with the Kyrie Irving trade. Did not take long. Took him about two days to make the trade. He is on his way, or he's probably there now already, to the Dallas Mavericks. They get Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris from the Nets. The Nets, in return, get they get Spencer Dinwiddie back. They get Dorian Finney-Smith, and they get a first a first rounder and two second rounders of two kids who are currently, well, they're probably in about seventh grade right now in 2029. And that was one of three deals that was on the table. There was also deals from the Suns and the Lakers. The two, uh, the Suns, uh, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and a first round pick from the Suns for Kyrie. That was the one of the other deals that was offered to the Nets. And then the Lakers offered Westbrook and then two first-rounders, one in 2027, one in 2029. I think they took the best deal. They got back two players who can play right now, right off the bat, try and keep Durant here, try and keep Durant happy as the last piece in the big three. I mean, a failed experiment, uh, you know, one of the worst disappointing experiments in probably in sports history. There are a few that are up there, but this this one, no, nothing I, I could think of beats it. Kyrie only played, played 156 games for the Nets. He missed 141 games. Now, those three teams, the Mavs, the Suns, and the Lakers, all wanted Kyrie. I wouldn't want him anywhere near my team. He's a disaster. He ruins every team he goes on. He cares about nothing but himself. He could I don't think he cares if he wins or not. And I just wouldn't want him on my team. It's not worth the trade-off. He's a great player. He's a great player. But he's not. He His greatness doesn't overcome the downside of having Kyrie on your team. And that was the problem with this big three. The problem was you had Kyrie and you had Harden. Both who are not winners. They don't care about winning. They've proven that time and time again that they don't care about winning. They care about money and their personal personal stats and their personal place in history, which is fine. If that's what you want to care about, that's fine. But you're not going to care about winning. I don't want them on my team. The big three, they played a total of eight regular season games together. Eight regular season games together. They had one playoff series win before Harden was traded last year. Kyrie traded yesterday, and now Durant is the only one left. Will he stay? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, Durant is 
Imagine being Kevin Durant, arguing with, with teenagers on Twitter about your legacy, following Kyrie around when he does nothing but backstab you and go back on his word time and time and time again, every time. Imagine being Kevin Durant with the talent you have and this guy is your friend, the the guy that you trust, and he just publicly stabs you in the back and backs out on everything he said he was going to do. Everything. And, I mean, I I don't know. Kevin Durant is, is... He's a great talent. He's probably still one of the best players in the game. I think he's probably the best next to LeBron. But, I, I mean, he's got, he's got to get his act together as well. Because Kevin Durant's legacy is he wins with Steph Curry and the Warriors and then is a, you know, a great player but never wins anything. So all three of them, of the big three, could go down as, you know, failed, a failed experiment. One of the worst ever. It was one of the worst ever. And it's the Nets. I mean, it's the Nets. The Knicks had some big wins this weekend. We'll get to that in a minute. But the Nets, they got a decent deal out of this. Spencer Dinwiddie comes back to the team. I mean, <laughs> you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. And Finney Smith is a good player. Is it going to be enough to, to beat the Celtics? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Celtics are a better team. The Celtics blew them out by 40 points with Kyrie on the floor. Last week, they're still currently in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. So they're still right there in the top half of the Eastern Conference. They got their 12 games over 500. The game, their upcoming games, they got the Clippers, the Suns, the Bulls, and the Sixers. So those four games are going to be big for the Nets. They probably got to go three and one. The whole thing could fall apart. You know, we'll see if Jacques Vaughn can keep it together for a little while. We'll see if he could kind of get this team through this storm and, and just, you know, realize that they still got players. They're still a playoff team. They could probably still good enough to win a round, maybe even two, get to get to that Eastern Conference Finals and see if, you know, see if you could beat Boston in a couple games. And who knows? But, listen, it's doubtful. It The, the worst part of this whole thing is that with the way it came out of left field from Kyrie, the Nets were the best team in the NBA over the last month, month and a half. And then out of nowhere, I want to be traded. I want out. And that's that's what Kyrie does. That's why he, he does it at the worst time. He always does this these things at the worst possible time. They were they were surging. They've been playing great for a month and a half. They lost twice to the Celtics. The Celtics are better, so it's not really that that big of a deal. You know, and then out of nowhere, bam, he pulls the plug. Right on right on the whole thing. Out of nowhere. Right before the right before the, the all star break, pulls the plug. And now it's now it's a now it's a done deal. Is Dinwiddie and and Finney gonna gonna change this team? Are they as good as Kyrie? No. Are they gonna make them make them so they can compete? They can still compete because you have Durant. Now we'll see how Durant goes. Is Durant gonna now request a trade? Is he gonna say he wants out? Is Kyrie gonna come back after this year because the Nets are the team that could offer him the most money? Will the Nets offer him the most money? I think they'd be crazy to offer him anything. I wouldn't give him a dollar if I was the Nets. And if I was Dallas, I wouldn't sign him at all until I saw how he was going to play. Because you have no idea what you're getting. You know you're getting a potentially great player. But is he going to, you know, you don't know if he's going to if he's going to pull one of his stunts, when he's going to pull one of his stunts. I, I would not sign him if I was Mark Cuban in Dallas. 
Not at least until I see what he's going to do. And even if he came in and he played great and you made a deep run in the playoffs, I still don't know if I'd sign him. Because you don't know when when Kyrie is going to go off and decide, "Ah, you know what, I don't want to be here. Or, "Ah, you know what, I want to go to this social movement. I can't play for two weeks. Just remember, it always happens at the worst possible times with Kyrie. Always. So, you know, good luck, Dallas. Good luck with him. Because the big three is now a... It's a done deal. It's a failed experiment. Even if the Nets can somehow, you know, let's say they pull a miracle and win the title this year, which is not going to happen, it's still a failed experiment and one of the worst failed experiments in sports history. Now, the Knicks, on the other hand, the Knicks were this weekend a three at the buzzer away from having one of their better weekends in a long time. Yesterday, they looked really good. They beat up on the Clippers. I'm sorry, they beat up on the the Sixers yesterday. They had the Clippers beat on Saturday. Three at the buzzer by the Clippers. And that tied the game. And then the Knicks just, they fell apart in overtime. They they got outscored by about 10 points in overtime. They lost 134 to 128 on Saturday. But R.J. Barrett didn't play yesterday. They fell behind early in both of the games. They were down 21 yesterday. They came back to win, and they were down 20 to the Clippers early, and they came back, took the lead in the last minute, in the last half minute, and then the Clippers hit a three, and like I said, the Knicks fell apart, couldn't do anything in overtime, and they lost on Saturday. But if the Knicks would have beat the Clippers and the Sixers in the same weekend... That would have been that would have been one of the better weekends in a long time. He, you know, they they're still looking at getting into the play play in tournament. They're not going anywhere in the playoffs. Are they going to make any deals at, at the deadline? Who knows? You know what they got this week? The Knicks got the Magic tomorrow, the Sixers again on Friday in Philadelphia, and then home to the Jazz and the Nets. And that takes us up to next Monday. So we'll see, you know, what the Knicks Knicks can do. If they can string together a couple wins, get maybe three wins this week, three out of five, you never know. Maybe they can move up a little bit. But the Nets are the big story. We're not going to do the Super Bowl. I'm not going to do the Super Bowl today. We're going to do the Super Bowl on Friday uh, with Brett and our show. So we'll do that. This is the week off of the Super Bowl. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still has not decided. The Jets are still in a holding pattern with their quarterback situation. He was Aaron Rodgers was asked yesterday at the the Pro Am golf tournament, which he won by the way. He's an excellent golfer. If they, if he, I think the question was, do you have a favorite color? Is there a favorite city? You know, they were dancing around it. He said he's heard a lot of talk about the Raiders. The Raiders are minus one fifty. If you're part of the betting community and you care about something like that. Raiders are minus 150 to get Rodgers. The Jets second, plus 250. So, I, I, you know, if that means anything, those people are usually right in Vegas, but we'll see. I still think he's going to go to the Jets, and I think the Jets have to have him, and I think any Jet fan that doesn't want Rodgers is crazy. So there's that. There's also the Mets in the news this weekend. They hired Carlos Beltran. Away from the Yes Network. He, last week he had said he wasn't going to do the broadcasting anymore. He was terrible. Terrible in the booth. 
Um, it was almost awkwardly terrible with Beltran. And the Mets hired him. Now, I don't really have a problem with it. I, it he's the assistant to the to the to Billy Epler. He's going to be his his assistant, maybe um, a general manager in training type of situation. You know, everyone. The big thing is, is he was hired in 2019, but that was uh, Van Wagenen that hired him. A couple month a month or two later, he was fired. Once he came, once the report came out about the cheating. You know, a bunch of people got fired. Alex Cora got fired. He got rehired by the Red Sox. Beltran got fired from the Mets. Now he's rehired. So, it, you know, with time, time heals the wounds, I guess. And it's not as fresh in people's minds. And I don't think the Mets fans care. I don't care. It's not that he got hired. It is what it is. You're not going to really hear from him. He's not going to be doing much. He's the assistant to the GM. You know, he's one step above getting Billy Epler's coffee in the morning. You know, I think it's kind of like a, a GM in training type of situation. Maybe not for the Mets, but, you know, for future, for himself. Because I'll tell you what, he doesn't have a, a future in broadcasting because he was a disaster in the booth. But, you know, we'll see what goes on there. As far as uh, the Super Bowl and everything like that, like I said, I'm not going to get into the game today. The Pro Bowl was yesterday. It was, It was better than I thought it would be. Let's put it that way. It wasn't completely unwatchable. It was better than the Pro Bowl football game that they usually have. But it was still, you know, it was still just the skills competition was okay. They did a punt, a punt kick and long snap tic-tac-toe thing that was pretty cool. The game itself was probably better than a regular Pro Bowl, seven on seven. You had Eli and coaching one team, Peyton coaching the other. Peyton looked like he got pissed at the end, like legitimately pissed, I think probably because he had some money on his team with Eli, because Eli on the other end looked ecstatic. And, you know, there was, can you run the ball? Peyton came running out. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. You know, who who knows? So, but it was all right. Listen, the All-Star Games, I'm not a fan of any of the All-Star Games. Any of them. Okay, there's no defense played. There's no, the, the players don't take it seriously. I don't take it seriously. So I usually put it on in the background. You also had this week in the NHL All-Star Game. Again, not great. No checking. No, you know, nobody playing defense. Uh, they do the, the three-on-three thing. I, I did not watch much of that. Next week, you're going to have the NBA All-Star Game. Or No, I'm sorry. I believe it's two weeks, to be honest with you. Uh, the NHL, uh, the NBA All-Star Game, that's all right. The skills competition, the dunk competition, it... I, I just don't, I can't get into it. I can't sit there on a, on a Friday night or a Saturday night and watch that. Yesterday, the Sunday, was the Pro Bowl, so that was on in the, the restaurant I was in. So I watched it. You know, it wasn't terrible. I finished it when I got home. I did watch the end, but, you know, nothing I have nothing to really talk about as far as, as, far as that goes. Um, tonight starts the second half of the NHL season, the post-All-Star break. I'll be at the Ranger game tonight, going with my good friend Garrett Zolo. Haven't seen him in a while. So, looking forward to that. We'll be at the game tonight. Calgary is in town. The Rangers, listen, the Rangers have gotten themselves out of the hole. They dug early. They have played well lately. They're in third place in the Metropolitan. They are in the playoffs right now. They seem to be playing well. Shesterkin seems to have gotten it together. 
and we'll see what Drury does at the trade deadline. Is he going to bring in? They need more scoring on this team. Their five-on-five play has not been great. And to be honest with you, I'm just excited that we're going to get to talk some Rangers coming up once the Super Bowl is over with. We'll get into baseball. We're 52 days from opening day right now. I think we're about 10 days from pitchers and catchers. We got the World Baseball Classic. So we'll see. The Islanders, back to the NHL, the Islanders are seem to be making a push. They seem like they're going to make a push. They've won. They won, I think it was three out of five going into the break. They did not play well in the two or three weeks prior to that. They have not played well at home. They are on the outside looking in right now at the playoffs, but they did make a trade. They got Bo Horvat from Vancouver. They signed him yesterday, eight years, eight and a half million a year. So the Islanders now, they seem like they're going to be buyers. They went from, it looks like, sellers. Those uh, three out of five just heading into the All-Star break might have convinced them to, to try and go for it here because this is a team that was supposed to be a playoff team. Last year, they got the raw deal. with the, They had to play the first two months away from home. COVID, everything like that. That was a playoff team last year, they felt like. They just got a raw deal. This year, they felt like they were even better and a playoff team, and they just have not played well at all. They have not played well at home. They've given up leads. They've had bad third periods. So they got Bo Horvat. They immediately signed them a couple days later. Eight and a half million a year for eight years. So it's a long deal. He is now an Islander. We'll see how that works out. The first couple games here right out of the gate are big for the Islanders. They're in Philadelphia tonight. Then they got a tough one at home tomorrow night against the Kraken. And those are back-to-back right off the bat. The Islanders, they, they cannot lose the two, those two games. Because then they got home to the Canucks and then in Montreal later this week. The Islanders got to win three out of four of those. They, they, they just do. Because they got themselves into a bad spot early. In, in the season, they did not play well. They had two a week or two where they played okay, and then they made this trade for Horvat. They've now signed them to a long-term deal. If they want to get into this playoff race and be taken seriously, you got to beat the Flyers tonight. Start off. Flyers are not very good. you got to beat the Flyers. Then tomorrow, you go in a little bit with house money. you got the crack and a good team coming into, the, into their house. Try and get that win. And then the Canucks later. So, it's a, you know, they've got the Western Conference. So the NHL, you know, now you get going with the NHL, the NBA. The NBA is going to hit their all-star break. you got the trade deadline coming up. you got LeBron, who is, he's going to break. Listen, LeBron is 36 points away from Kareem. So that's going to be done this week. Kareem, of course, with the most points in NBA history, 38-387. Is the number 38 387? LeBron 36 points away. He's been targeting, listen, he's been sitting out and playing. He's been targeting to break it on February 9th, home against the Bucks. So it would be the Lakers and the Bucks, two, uh, you know, Kareem's two teams. That game is a nationally televised TNT game, 10 o'clock. And it looks like, it looks like he, he's going to figure it out. He's 36 points back. He plays. Against the Thunder, and then he plays against the Bucks. It'll be curious. It'll be interesting to see if he gets the you know third quarter, late third quarter, early fourth quarter. He's got thirty points. It'll be interesting to see if 
they decide to pull him out so he could get it against the Bucks, or if he goes for it that game. The Lakers need to not be so worried about when he breaks it, and they need to just start winning games. The Lakers, you know, LeBron's having a great season, one of his best seasons, but they are still right on the, the cusp of the of the playoffs, and they need to just worry about winning games, which they haven't been doing. You know, they, they, they've been an okay team. Not as good. With LeBron playing this good, the Lakers should be better. So... It was pretty, like I said, It's a normally it's a dead weekend, the weekend before the Super Bowl. Next weekend is the Super Bowl. Sunday, of course, it's a weird, you know, kind of day. Super Bowl parties, boxes, everybody, you know, we'll get into the, we'll do the whole game. We'll get through the game, break it down for you on Friday with Brett. Um, the NHL heating up now, starting tonight. Rangers and Calgary tonight at the Garden. Game the Rangers should win. Point blank, it's a game the Rangers should win. Uh, you had, now you're done with the All-Star break there. And Kyrie was the big the big story this weekend. Kyrie blowing it up in, in Brooklyn, in Dallas now. Mark Cuban surprises me that Mark Cuban kind of made the deal. I believe he's Jewish and with Kyrie's comments. and Listen, Kyrie's just a weirdo. All right? He's a weirdo. He's not a, you know, like like we were saying, he's not criminal, he doesn't do, he's not a bad person, he's not a creep, he's just a weird dude who thinks the world revolves around him, everything is about him, everything is important only to him, he does what he wants, when he wants, when he decides he wants to play basketball, he's one of the best players in the game, he's one of the best guards to ever play the game, when he wants to be, but he doesn't always want to be, and you're going to need him. And when you need him, he's not there. When you need him, he's not there. And he just kind of, you know, marches to, to the beat of his own drum. And he decides when he's going to play, when he's not going to play. It, it's, I, if I was Dallas, if I was Cuban, I would not sign him. Not right away, not at least right away. I would at least wait till the end of the season. And that, that's what pissed him off here in Brooklyn. They were negotiating his contract. And that said, we're not giving you a long-term super max deal right now. Because you've been playing good for two weeks. And that pissed him off. And he came out, he demanded the trade. He didn't even call his buddy Durant. Durant just looks like a sucker in this whole thing. Durant's too busy arguing with teenagers on Twitter about his legacy. And his best bud over here is, is asking for trades, and he finds out on ESPN. So, I mean, you know, it, it, the whole thing was a mess. It's a complete failure. I feel a little bit bad for, for Jacques Vaughn because he's gotten his opportunity now to coach. He's, he's, he's been a good coach through the first, what, 30, 40 games he's coached. He got this team back together. He finally got them on the right track, playing well. They were the hottest team in the NBA, and Kyrie blew it up. That's what he does. I expect nothing less from him in Dallas. Is Durant going to stay? Gun to my head, I'd say yes, at least through the regular season. Right now, the Nets are just trying to get to that March 3rd trade deadline without him requesting a trade. They are going to do everything they can to appease him. What do you want? He got back his buddy in the trade. I think Durant stays. I think the Nets are a playoff team. I think they probably win a round and then lose. They're not better than Boston. In fact, nobody's better than Boston. And nobody's better than the Bruins either. 
The Bruins are on pace. The Bruins have lost one regulation home game the entire season. They have seven losses on the season, the Bruins. Seven regulation losses. After the All-Star break, they are on pace for 133 points. The record is 132. So Boston is doing just fine. The Celtics, the Bruins... You know, they don't have the Patriots anymore. Boston's been a, a, an unbelievable sports town over the last, like, 20 years. They've had champions and the best teams in at least one to two sports almost every year. With multiple championships in football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Or one in basketball and hockey. So, golden age of Boston sports continues. Here in New York, it seems to be getting better gotten better over the last year we went through a lull for about 10 years after the Giants won with all of our teams the Knicks are mediocre Knicks are up to mediocre the Rangers are a good team so we'll see how it goes but um that pretty much does it for us Uh, not much going on here this weekend like I said the Kyrie trade Rangers Islanders get going back tonight Knicks win a good weekend Okay, could have been a really good weekend, and it, and it's a shame that they, they didn't close that game out and that they just came out flat in overtime on Saturday against the Clippers because that would have been a huge win. And then to come back and they, to beat Philadelphia next night, the Knicks could have really built on that. But you can build on the win against the Sixers. They're one of the hottest teams in the NBA. They're one of the better teams in the NBA. Build on that. Have a good week going forward. Try and get into these playoffs without having to play in the playing tournament. So we'll see. Evan Fournier, it was good to see him have a, a big game yesterday. He couldn't miss. He was shooting threes all over the place. And he's been, you know, he's been MIA for most of this season. Got in the bad graces of Thibodeau on the, out of the rotation. Wasn't dressing for a lot of games. So it was good to see him hit some shots yesterday, hit some big shots. And the garden was rocking. Let's hope it's rocking again tonight. Calgary in town. I'll be in the building with Garrett, if you're there. Let me know. Come say hi. If not, Friday is the the Super Bowl show. So we're wall-to-wall Super Bowl on Friday. So we're going to get you ready for this game. There's really nothing to talk about now, today, this week. Nothing happened. Crazy. Nothing crazy happened with the Eagles or with the Chiefs this week. So we'll save it for Friday. So that pretty much does it here for us on the weekend wrap-up. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you Friday. And we leave you today with some sounds from the weekend that was in the world of sports. Clear for Carolina with an early five-point lead. Baker into the chest of Lively, who got a piece of it. Shot clock does not reset. Baker again into the chest of Lively. And again. He did his presence. Roach defended by Nance, goes by him. And Lively to follow.
Bucks lead by three. Here's George from three on the back of the rim. Kept alive by the Clippers. Time winding down. George near side for two. Somebody knows a bylaw in this rule book. Thirteen American-born players here today. Here comes another Larkin to the forehand, and he scores. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, LockedUpSports, or on TikTok at LockedUpSportsShow. Now you can catch all the latest from LockedUpSports anytime. Thanks for listening.